Today I said that Lamed Gimel, we're seven lines from the top of Lamed Gimel Madalf, but the two dots quoting the Mishnah Tfilah. So we started the parak yesterday, and the Mishnah started the Elun The following things we can say in any language, meaning mitzvahs that have to do with dibur. You have to say something, but they can be said in any language. And we said a list. We're going to go through some of them right now and explain the makarius for it. And we mentioned two things in the Mishnah, really. Things that you could say in any language and mitzvahs that you have to say dafka belash So part of the list that you could say in any language, was tefillah. You could daven in any language, by the way, that you understand. You can't daven in Chinese if you don't understand Chinese. You could daven in lashna if you don't understand lashna It's not the best, but that's usually what the get there is. Lashna works whether you understand or not. But your language works only if it's your language, if you understand it. But either way, tefillah, how do we know that you can daven in any language? Says the Gemara, it's Pasha, because Rachmehi. Tefillah is, you're davening for Rachmed. So you could daven however you want to daven. And that's why you could daven in any Lashen. Basically, what's the Makar? It's Pasha. It's davening. The whole point is to daven to Baruch Hu. It's to be Mavakesh Rachamim. And that you could do it in any language that you understand. Ask the Gemara, though, you're telling me you could daven in any language, but Rabbi Yudah told us that a person should never daven in Loshan Aramis, in Arami. You shouldn't ask for his needs. I mean, you shouldn't daven in Aramis. Why? Because Rabbi Yechanan said, Anyone who davens in Arami, the Malachim don't help him. Why not? Because they don't understand Arami and they can't really help you. And as Rashi explains, you need kind of the Malachim, you need the Malachim to help you out a little bit. Obviously, to think that they're actually being piled anything. They're not doing anything, but they would bring the Tefillah to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as Rashi's Loshan is. It's actually Actually, a, a lashon of Rashi on the next word, thing we're going to see in a minute about a yachad or a tzibur. But the point is, he said, "A yachad needs the malachi asharis to help him. They need him. He needs them to bring it before Hakadosh Baruch Hu." So Rabbi Yudha told us, actually Rabbi Yechonon told us that the malachim don't help him out. They don't bring his tefillah because they don't understand Arami. And that's what he continues saying. The reason is because they don't understand the Aramis. So as answers the Gemara, how can you tell me they daven? You could daven in any lashon. If Rabbi Yechonon said not to daven be Arami because the Lashin, because the Malachim, sorry, do not understand Arami, like Kasha, it's not a Kasha, Habi Yachin, Habi Tzibur, the Yachin, as we just quoted Rashi, he needs assistance from Malachim to bring his Tzibur to Kaddish Baruch Hu, and therefore he shouldn't daven be Arami, Habi Tzibur, when do we say you can daven in any language you want? That's Tzibur, a Tzibur is Miyuchid, that they don't need Malachim's intervention, and their Tzibur goes straight to Kaddish Baruch Hu. Ve'in Malachim Yashar, Makir and Malachim Arami, ask the Gemara, is it true that Malachim don't know Arami? He heard a baskol coming from the Kaddish Gadashim when he went in to do the Avaidanian Kippur. So, I mean, the baskol was saying, by the way, important for Avon of this Gemara, we're assuming that a baskol is what? A baskol is a malach that's appointed to make a baskol. It's obviously a spiritual sound you're hearing from Shemai, but a baskol in the end of the day is. Malach, as the Gemara is understanding it right now. And as Rashi explains, he was in the Kaddish Gadashim on Yom Kippur doing the Avaidah, and he hears a Baskal, Shoaimer, hears the Baskal saying, Nitzchu Talia, the young Pirche Kahuna, the young Kahanim, they won, meaning they went to fight the Azlu, La Agacha Krava, La they went to fight a battle in Antuchia. So these young Kahanim, they were, they went before Yom Kippur to fight a battle over there against the Ivanim, and he heard through a Baskal that, by the way, Rashi brings Vinilcha movie on Yom Kippur. They actually fought on Yom Kippur and they won and he was told with a baskel but Shumai said by the way there was another story Shimon HaTzadik Shimon HaTzadik Shashama Baskel he heard a baskel again from the Kaddish Gadashim Shu Aymer 
The Baskel said, The Avidita, the Gezerah, and the thing that the enemy wanted to do, it was bottle, meaning the bad thing he wanted to do. By the way, what was that? He wanted to come onto the Eichel, and that plan of his was Batl, Venera Gaskalgus, and Gaskalgus, who was the Melech Vyovan, he was killed, Ubatlu Gzeraisov, and his Gzeras, they died along with him, they were Batl when he died, and they wrote down that time when it happened, Vikivnu, and they realized that it happened exactly, meaning this, this win of the Chashmenaim, and they won against the Ivanim, this happened exactly when that Baskal came out, when they got the news later, they realized it was the exact time that they wrote it down, that they heard the Baskal, and this Baskal, these two Baskals, they were both in Lashon Arami. So how could you tell me Malachim don't understand Arami? They literally said a Basko. A Basko comes from a Malach. And it was said by Lashon Arami. So how could you tell me they don't understand this? The Gemara answers. A few answers. Iba Yisim Abasko Shani. Dila Ashmui Avida. Or you could say, one answer is that a Basko is different. Meaning, Rashi explains, the Mida that's Memuneh on the Basko, meaning the certain Malach who's in charge of the Basko, he knows. And he knows Arami. Why? Because... It's Lashmui Avida. Baskals are made for to tell you things and to tell you in Lashon Arami. And therefore, since, since that Malach that's Mimuna on the Baskal obviously needs to know Arami in order to give a Baskal in Arami, so that's why it's different. That's why he's different. And another answer we could say is Gavriel Hava. It wasn't any Malach, it was rather Gavriel. And Gavriel is a special Malach who actually knows all the languages. Had we know that, Damar Mar, because we know that Ba Gavriel Velimdai Shivim Lashon. This is as it relates to Yosef Atzadik when he became the Malach. Gavriel came and he taught Yosef the Shivim Lashon, the 70 languages because the king has to know. And we see from the fact that Gabriel taught it to Yosef that obviously Gabriel knew him. So, or you could say that this was a special malach for Baskos that knew Arami because you have to know that for Baskos because it's Lashmue Avida. Or it was Gabriel who also knows Arami. He knows all the languages. Said the Mishnah Birkas Amazon. Birkas Amazon also can be in any language. How do we know that? The Pasuk says, that's the pasuk. Meaning any language that you want to bench against Baruch. Meaning there's no really Rashi explains. There's no reason to say not delay by crud. Doesn't really need a pasuk. We see from the pasuk that it doesn't need a pasuk to tell me not because. The Mechetesi Rashi says, who said it should require Lashna Kaddish. We're thinking of Kaddish Baruch. Obviously, you should do it with the, with the Lashna Chazaw or Kaveya. If it's going to be in English, then it should be a translation of that, not anything we want to make up. But the point is, there's no, there's no Hechrich from any Pasuk to tell you. There's no, there's a Mechetesi to tell me it needs to be in Lashna Kaddish, basically. That's what this Pasuk is showing us. That basically there's nothing in this pasuk that's showing me you need tafka lashon hakadosh, and therefore meichatesi to tell me you need lashon hakadosh. So therefore you could do it bechal lashon shatam whichever language you want to bench in. Shvos edus. That's another thing we saw. You could do it in any language. How do we know that? The chesed the pasuk says v'nefeshki kisachta v'shama kol Allah bechal lashon sheishamas. Again v'shama bechal bechal lashon sheishamas. Similar to the shema bechal lashon shatashemeh. So bechal lashon sheishamas. We learn from there that shvos edus can also be in any language, any language that you understand. Shvos apigadon. That's the next thing, Isa. Tachta Tachta Mishvaza Edis. We learned out of Gzera Shavav. Tachta Tachta, both the word here, the word there, from Shavuza Edis, which we learned a second ago. That we learned from Nechvishki Sachta, Vishamakal, Ein Bechol Lashon Shata Shemea, or Bechol Lashon Shehi Shemas. So over here, we have Gzera Shavat to there, just like over there, it's any language. So to over here, by Shavuza Begadan, it's going to be any language. What is, by the way, Shavuza Edis and Shavuza Begadan? So we mentioned that yesterday, but just to mention it again, Shavuza Edis is when someone tells someone to come and testify about something because he thinks you have Edis, but the guy's denying it that he doesn't have Edis, so he has to make a Shavuza about that. Shavuza Begadan is when someone says, 
I know you have a pikadon by me. I gave you a pikadon, and where is it? And the guy is totally machashen. He says, no, it never happened. So he has to make a shvua about that. That's shvua's a pikadon and shvua's ha'edos. The next thing the Mishnah said was, we saw that the Mishnah then listed things that have to be said specifically and the Mishnah continued saying Mikra Bikurim the Pesukim you have to read when you bring the Bikurim Vachalitza also Chalitza when you refuse to do Yibum in order to patch the Zika we need Chalitza we know what that is Vichulu Ad Mikra Bikurim Ketzat. So it's an interesting quote of the Mishnah, but that was the whole quote of the Mishnah, like an end of two dots right here. Ve'ilu Nemar Bechalashin, Bechalashin. Sorry, Ve'ilu Nemar Bechalashin Akaidesh. Mikra Bikurim Vachalitza Vechulu Ad Mikra Bikurim Ketzat. Meaning, quote the Mishnah Ad Mikra Bikurim Ketzat until the Mishnah said Mikra Bikurim Ketzat. Interesting. End quote though. So uh, more on this note. Va'anisa v'amarta lefnei Hashem lekecha. It says by Mikra Bikurim, right? Va'anisa v'amarta lefnei Hashem lekecha. So we have the Ve'anisa, the answering the Amarta and the saying. And this is where the Xer Shavas come in. We learned about this yesterday as well. So, and over there it says, where's over there? Over there is by the Brachos and Klalos by, by Har Grizim and Har Evo. We learned about this yesterday. We're going to learn more about it on Amen Beis. But it says, by Bikurim. And it says, over there by the Brachos and the Klalos. Why? Because it says, that's an Ania and an Amira. I'll call Ish So, therefore, I learned Xer Shavas. It's just like the Aniyah, really the Aniyah and the Amira. Over there, by the Levim, was said, Belashna Kaddish, Af Khan Belashna Kaddish. So, too, over here by Bikurim, it's specifically in Lashna Kaddish, and that's how we know through this Xerashav that Bikurim has to be specifically read in. Lashna Kaidish asked the Gemara what we didn't explain yesterday. We alluded to it yesterday. We said we're going to explain it today. How do we know that the Levim themselves, how do we know that the Brachs and Klaus by Hargrizimar Evil was said? We know that from a different Xerah Shavah. We learn it from a Xerah Shavah, the word Kol Kol from Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? It says over here by the Brachos and the Klaus, Kol Ram. That's what it says. Viksiv Hasim, it says over there by Moshe. Moshe Yadaber. So Mala Lon, Lashna Kaidish, just like over there by Moshe Rabbeinu where it says Kol. It was obviously Lashna by the Aseris by Matan Taira. So obviously it was Belashna Kaidish. Afkan, so to over here it says call. So we learn that it's Belashain Hakaidish. Chalitza, Ketzad, Vechulu. The Mishnah continued. Chalitza also has to be done. Belashna Kaidish specifically. Why? We learned Xer Shaveh. It says Ve'ansa Ve'amra. That's an Anil and an Amira, just like we just saw by Bikurim. Same thing by Chalitza. It says Ve'ansa Ve'amra. So we also learn it from Levim, just like over here it says Anil and an Amira. And over there it says Anil and Amira, just like over there it's Lashna Kaidish. So too over here. Rabbi Huda argued, and he said, no, I don't need the Gzair Shavah to teach me that. I learned it from the Parsha of Chalitza itself that it has to be done in Lashon HaKadosh. Why? Rabbi Yudha said, it says, Kacha. Kacha yasa lo'isha shaloyevnez beisachev. That's what the Pasuk says. But it says, Ve'ansa ve'amra kacha. She answers and she says, Ve'ansa ve'amra kacha yasa lo'isha. So shall be done to the man. But Rabbi Yudha Darshan says, Ve'ansa ve'amra kacha. She has to answer kacha. Exactly the way it's written right here. And kacha, exactly how you see it right here. It's in Lashon HaKadosh. Therefore, she has to say in Lashon HaKadosh. Rabbi Yudha says, you don't need the Gzair Shavah to learn that Chalitza has to be done in Lashon HaKadosh, at least what she's saying, but rather, we learn it from Chalitza itself. It says Kacha, which teaches you exactly like this. Kacha! You have to do it like this, the way we see it, the way it's written. That's Lashna Kaidesh, and that's Rabbi Yudah Shita. Says the Gemara of Rabbanon. The Rabbanon that argued in Rabbi Yudah, and their Shita was we learned it from Gzeir uh, Shava of Aniyah and Amira. Sai Kacha Mayavdile. What are they going to do with the word Kacha, which Rabbi Yudah, he used that for to teach me this halacha that has to be in Lashna Kaidesh, but the Rabbanon, they learned it from Gzeir Shava. What are they, they going to do with the word Kacha? They need it to teach me Ledavar Shehumaisim Akiv. They need it to teach me something else. They need it to teach me that only really a Maisis, something that's a Maisis, something 
something that you're doing something physically during the Maise Chalitza, like the Chaltzanala, like taking off the shoe and the spitting. These are all physical actions that you're doing. And they learn from the word Kacha that Kacha, you're doing like this. It teaches me only the physical actions you're doing by Chalitza are going to be Ma'akiv. As opposed to Dibur, we don't see that from the passing. And that's why the Dibur, how do we know that the Dibur is going to be Ma'akiv, that it has to be also in Lashon HaKadosh? That's why they need a different Makar. They're going to need Xer because Kacha only teaches me that the Maise is Ma'akiv. They're Maskim and then the day the Dibur is also Ma'akiv. But they learn it from a different Makar. It has to be in Lashon HaKadosh. Rabbi Yehuda, Mikai Kacha, how does Rabbi Yehuda know that the Maise is Ma'akiv? So he learns it from the same word. I can't learn two things from one word. No, because it says Kacha. And it could have said Koi. That Vansav Amra Koi, but it says Kacha. And from the extra word, extra letter, we learn out Bodinim Rabbanon Koi Kacha Le The Rabbanon don't hold that that's a drush to make. They don't hold that it's a, there's a mashmos of splitting up this word. It says Kacha instead of Kai. No, they, they don't hold of that. Sometimes we find the Machlekes about how to darshan. says, the Gemara Vaiter Rabbi Yehuda Hayve Ansav Amra Mai Avidai. Okay, so Rabbanan learned it from Gzeir Shavet of Ansav Amra, but Rabbi Yehuda learned it all from Kacha. So what does Rabbi Yehuda do with the words of Ansav Amra? So Mibayle he needs it laGmure leLeviim deBlash Nakodesh. He needs it actually for the opposite. Rabbi Yehuda argues about the whole Makar that the Levim themselves it was Belashon HaKadosh because we said before that Chalitza is learned from the Levim. He's saying the exact opposite. He needs to learn that the Levim was Belashon HaKadosh. She learns Levim from Chalitza that it says Aniyav Amir over here by Levim. And it says Aniyav Amir over there by Chalitza. Just like over there it's Chal- by Chalitza it's Lashon HaKadosh. How does Rabbi Yehuda know that because of Kacha? So too over here by Levim he's learning from Chalitza. The opposite. The Rabbanon learned Chalitza from Levim. He's learning Levim from Chalitza. Just like over there it's Lashon HaKadosh. So too over here by the Levim, Rabbi Yudah is going to say, it's Lashayin HaKodesh. Ve'leilev kol mimoysha. Why doesn't he learn the same Gzair Shavit by the Levim that the Rabbanan do to learn it was Lashayin HaKodesh? They learn kol kol from Moshe, just like Moshe Rabbeinu, it was Lashayin HaKodesh. So too over here, by the Levim, by the Brachas and the Klaus, it's going to be Lashayin HaKodesh, says the Gemara, because Aniyo Aniyo Gomer. Kol kol like Gomer. He learns the Gzair Shavit of Aniyo Vamira to Aniyo Vamira. That was his Messiah. As we know, Gzair Shavit only go by Messiah. You can't make up Gzair Shavit. That was what he was Mekabah from his Rameh. Rabbi was from his Rameh that you make Ogzer Shavet from Ania Ania, meaning Ania Vamira, really, and Ania Vamira. But Kolka, like Amir, he didn't learn the Ogzer Shavet of Kolka, and that's why he held that the Makar was the Ania Vamira. Tanya Miach, we actually have a Brisa proving that this is Shita's Rabbi The Brisa says, Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah says, Anytime that the Pasuk says, the Lashon of Koi, or Kacha, or Aniyah Amira in El Lashon HaKadosh. It's referring to specifically Lashon HaKadosh. Where do we see that? Koi, Koi Sevaruchu. Koi is by Birkas Kahanim, Koi Sevaruchu, and that has to be done specifically by Lashon HaKadosh. Kacha, the Chalitza, Kacha by Chalitza teaches me, has to be done on Lashon HaKadosh. And Aniyah Vamira de Levim, and the Aniyah Vamira that it said by the Levim, which, by the way, we learned from Xerah Shaveh of Chalitza, from Chalitza, that it has to be Lashon HaKadosh. But once we know that, it still says Aniyah Vamira by the Levim, and we know now from Xerah Shaveh has to be Lashon so that also is going to be a lashon of lashon hakodesh. Brachos v'klolos keitzad. Kevan shavir yisrael asayardein v'chulu. So the Mishnah went on to explain in detail, and we're going to get into a lot more detail, by the way, in today's daf and the coming few dafin about what exactly happened by har grizim, har evil. This whole story we mentioned, where the kehanim with the arin, the arin and the kehanim surrounding the arin and the levim surrounding the kehanim, and they were in the middle, and the levim called out half of klal yisrael, six shvatim were on har grizim, and the other half were on har evil, and they were calling out. Brachis tahar grizim and klalis tahar eva, and they made a mazbeach, and they made karbanis. There was a whole, a whole story that happened. Brachis to those who keep the Torah, and klalis to, to those who don't keep the Torah, v'chulu v'chulu. So going more into the story, the Mishnah told us that har grizim, they went to har grizim and, the, and har evil, that was 
Bishomrain, the Mishnah said. Shabishomrain, Shabitzad Shem. It was Bishomrain, Shabitzad Shem, Shabitzad Eloy Neimore, Vichulu. That's where it was. Now we're going to see a little bit of a machlekis where exactly Har Grizim and Har Evo were. Tanur Abanon, Obraisa. Halohema Be'evar Yardin. The Pazagon is describing to us where exactly Har Grizim and Har Evo were. It says Halohema Be'evar Yardin. They're Be'evar Hayardin on the other side of the Yardin, meaning in Eretz Yisrael. So Me'evar Le'yardin Ve'elach Tiver Rebiuda. Rebiuda explains the way he understands that Pazag is Me'evar Yardin Ve'elach. It means Me'evar Yardin all the way far. It's, lo- it's a lashon of far away from the Yardin, not right across from the Yardin. And that's actually where Har Grizim and Har Evo are. They're far away from the Yardin, as we're going to see. By the way, even Rebbe Lezer is going to argue with this Shita. Tysus brings Yerushalmi that. He doesn't argue as to where Har Grizim and Har Evil actually are. He agrees there where Rebbe is talking about. He just held that it wasn't actually, Klaus didn't go over there. They did some symbolic Har Grizim and Har Evil as Tysus brings the Lushan Gavshushis Hayu that they called. It was really a Gavshushis, like a, a mound. They made two mounds that they called Har Grizim and Har Evil. Why specifically that? Not sure. But that's what it was. But everyone agrees Har Grizim and Har Evil are a little far from the Yardin, as we're going to see how exactly far in the coming Dauphin. But either way, that's Rebbe Yudashita that they went actually to Argrizim and Arevo. And by the way, you're going to have to say in Shitas Rebbe Yudah that an ace happened. Why? Because it's mashma that it happened right away, the next day. Rashi speaks this out. It's mashma that right away when they crossed the Yardin, they went to Argrizim and Arevo. So they had a little bit of Kvitsa Sadarach to get there because it's not so close at all. It's all the way by Shechem. Shechem is in between. They stood in, they stood in the middle. We know Shechem, we spoke about this yesterday. They stood in the middle, Shechem, and they had Argrizim and Evil on either side. Rabbi Yehuda continues darshaning the pesukim. Achari derech mevayashemish. The pasuk is continued to describe where it is, and it says achari derech mevayashemish. After the derech, the pathway of mevayashemish. Now, what's mevayashemish? Machkim she'achamagzerachas. Rabbi Yehuda understands that as the place where the chamazerachas, where the sun rises. So it's. Far from the sunrise. What's far from the sunrise? So the sun rises in the east, as we know, and therefore far from the sunrise means it's more west. And that's where it is. It's by Hargriz Mareva, Achari Derch Shemesh, far away from the Mevaya Shemesh, far away from the Makam Shacham Azarachas, which is going to be more west. But Eretz Aknani, Arava, goes on to say in the Eretz Aknani, that's in the Arava, Elu Hargriz Mareva, Sheyoshvin Men Kusim. That's referring to Hargriz Mareva, where the Kutim are. And as Rashi points out, the Kutim were in there back when we're saying this, these Psukim, back in the times of Yeshua, but rather it's Rabbi Yehuda talking. Rabbi Yehuda was saying it back in Rabbi Yehuda's time, so in the times of the Tanaim, that's where the Kutim were. And by the way, they're there, Adayoy Mazeh, the Kutim, or at least they claim to be Kutim. They're probably not the same Kutim, they're probably, they're a bunch of Apikurism anyway. We know Kutim, as Rashi is going to explain to us, they only believe in Tarash Abiksav. But there are guys that's still there, they bring the carbon Pesach every year. Hargrizim is supposedly the Kutim's Makim Kaddish Kiviyachal. It's a whole Meshagaz going on. But there's Saimech, the Mepharshim bring down, there's Saimech on a Pasuk, a Pasuk in Dvarim, when it's describing the, these whole, these, all these Psukim by Hargrizim Hareva. The Pasuk says, So they took this very literally. And although that was a Rasha, that was what the mitzvah was at that time, they were Kiviyah, that place, to be the Makim Kaddish. And that's what the Kutim had, what they had going on. And they had it since the times Rabbi Hud is talking, and they had it till today. And there's, a, by the way, there's a lot of ruins over there from the time, that, from all the Kutim. There's a lot of history from Hargrizim that relate to the Kutim. By the way, just something I saw that's a little fascinating. I'll just speak it out. We learned about this Mizbeach that Klal Yisrael built when they came when they came to Hargrizim Ha'ar They built a Mizbeach in Ha'ar That was the 12 stones we learned about yesterday. They brought from the yard and then they took apart what brought back to Gilgal. But the point is, they built a Mizbeach on Har-Evil and they brought a bunch of Garbanas. A Mizbeach was found on Har-Evil. By the way, we know exactly where Har-Evil and Hargrizim is. It's right as the Psukim described to us and as, exactly as the Mishnah tells us. Hargrizim Ha'ar Evil, Shabbat Shemin, Shabbat It's in the Shamron. It's Shem's in the middle. You have 
Hargrizim on one side, Har-Evel on the other side. Hargrizim is what the Kutim made into their holy place. Har-Evel is on the other side, and there's a Mezbeach on Har-Evel. I'm not saying this means anything, but they did a lot of archaeological work over there. There's many articles about this. They did it recently. And they carbon dated this Mizbeach to write about 1250 BCE. That's right after Yitzhak Mitzrayim. That's like 40 years after Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We went through the Midbar, we came in, it's exactly Mamash at the same time. And by the way, just, I think, I think the, the accepted hashkaf on carbon dating is we believe it's very precise. It's very precise unless it goes more than 57, 83 years. As soon as you hear carbon dating, that's 10,000 years old. Okay, so minus whatever Briyas and that's how many years ago Tashmar who created like it looked like. It's not a steer at all. They could very well have the technology to tell me something's exactly 1,903 years old, but the minute they tell me that it's more than 5783 years old, very nice. So you're telling me that you have now arrived for Kfira, and I'll tell you, very nice. It's, well, it's amazing, the Chachmah Baruch Hu, that he created the world, certain things with age built into them. This looks like it's 10,000 years old. Shkayach, Adam Arishan was also created with age as an adult in the middle of his life. Does that mean that he existed before Chas V'Shalom? Not at all. Just the same way he was created with age, so too was that tree, and so too was that piece of rock that looks like it was 100,000 years old. It was created in a state of that. But anything that's carbon dating, can it tell me exactly how old it's supposed to be? And therefore... Either way, they found this Mizbeach over there on Harevo. It's still there. You can go visit it. And by the way, I'm not saying this. You don't need any rise to anything. It's just very cool to speak out. But it gets much better. They found thousands and thousands of burnt kosher animal bones. Specifically kosher. And by the way, specifically male and one year old. What does that sound like to you? They found also under this Mizbeach, buried under it, amulets from Egypt. Egyptian amulets from King Tut. That was what the amulet said. That was what it was on. It was right around that period, which was also like 1300 BCE, which is Mamash Yitzhak Mitzrayim. I don't know, maybe Bizas Mitzrayim, but the stones on this Mizbeach are also all whole, uncut field stones, which very much lines up with the Pusik. That tells you it cannot be cut stones, and it has to be Avonim Shleimim. It also, a lot of the stones there are plastered, covered stones, which we learned about. Vesadet Misid, that you have to plaster them. Many things line up. I, you're going to ask, by the way, and the obvious question is, the, we learned clearly already that when they finished with this Mizbeach, they dismantled it, and they brought the rocks from the yard, and they brought these 12 rocks, and they took them apart, and brought them back to Gilgal, and over there they established it. So, Again, not that it has to be, but I don't think it's necessarily a steer. I don't think it's so rachuk to say that a mezbech needs more than 12 stones. We're going to learn they were very big stones, but then the day you're building a massive mezbech. The size was very large, plus there's a ramp, there's this, there's all types of corners. And I looked around, but I couldn't find anywhere that said it was dafka, only those 12 stones. Maybe they built a whole Gansa Mizbech, and those were the 12 main stones that they incorporated into the Mizbech, and then they took away back to Gilgal. But the point is, by the way, there was also part of this archaeological evidence was that it was dismantled soon after it was built. Like, part of it, at least. It was partially dismantled and discontinued. The main point is, just a Gula nothing to think about too much. But the Brisa continues. Rabbi Yehuda said, this all came up because the Kutim were there. That's how you know it's where the Kutim over there. What do we learn from there? Rebuda said, just chazer the brace a little bit. Rebuda said, that's where the kutim are. Rebuda's time, also today. Mula Gilgal, it's facing Gilgal. What's that? Samach Gilgal. Again, facing Gilgal. That's where it is. That's Shechem. 
And over there it says, this is what we saw in the Mishnah, How do we know? The Pasuk says it's by Elon Meiris. How do we know Elon Meiris Shechem? Because the Pasuk by Avram Avinu says, Elon Meiris Shechem. Avram passed, Ad Makayim Shechem, until Shechem, Ad Elon Meiris, which is Elon Meiris. Ma Elon Meiris, Amr Lalon Shechem. Just like over there by Avram, Elon Meiris is referring to Shechem. Avkan Shechem. So to over here, it's Shechem. And the Bach takes out Tanya, because we're continuing the Braisa. Amr Rebelezer Barabi Yossi. Rebelezer Barabi Yossi says like this. Bidogber Zeziyafti Sifre Kusim. With the following thing, I slugged up the Kusim and I falsified their claims. Why? By the way, what's Sifre Kusim? So Rasha brings it down. They only believe Bitarash Abiksav, as we explained before. And we're bringing the story because, as we just said, we we're talking about the Kusim. That's where they are. This hard reason. That's their spot. That's their Makam Kaddish. So, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Yassi tells us, With the following question, I've slugged up the Kusim. Why? What happened? I told them, You falsified your Torah. You're a bunch of Kaifrim. Why? And by the way, you falsified everything and you didn't even come out with anything. Why? Because you hold that Eloi Neymar is You hold Harag Rizim is You hold right here is. Shem. We are Maskim also that when the Torah tells us that our Grizim and our evil are by Eloi Nemare, we, we also hold that it's Shem. But Anulam Dunua Migzerashave. We learned it from Migzerashave, from Avram. It doesn't say Shem by Har Grizim our evil. It says Eloi But we learn Migzerashave from Avram Avinu. Just like over here it says Eloi So to over there by Avram Avinu it says Eloi Nemare. Just like over there it's, it's Shem. So to over here it's Shem. But you don't believe in Migzerashave. Migzerashave, you have to accept Tarshabal Pet to believe in Migzerashave. And therefore, what did you learn? How do you know that it's by Shechem? So, Mamela, you're a bunch of Kaifrim, and they didn't have anything to answer, and that's what he was saying. But that's what was saying. You, you, I, I slugged them up with this, they had nothing to answer me. And this is the classic thing, answer Kuzi, by the way. It's never going to work. It's never going to work. How do they know Aleph base? How do you know what Aleph is read like an Aleph? How do you know tefillin means tefillin? There's no way of understanding Tarsh B'Ksav without Tarsh B'Alpeh. And that's how we talk them up. Rebbe Lezer, I'm Lezer, I'm We saw the sheet of Rebbe Yudha that Hargrizim Har-Evo were actually Hargrizim Har-Evo. That's where that happened. What happened? How they get there so quick in one day? Kvitsa Saderch. Now, Rebbe Lezer says, no. Rebbe Lezer, Amar, Haloi Heima, Be'ever Yardin. The Pasuk, when it's describing the location, it says, Haloi Heima, Be'ever Yardin. They're Ever Yardin. Samachle Yardin. He understands Ever Yardin as Samachle Yardin. They were close to the Yardin, meaning it was right on the other side. And that's how it happened because Rabbi Lezer is saying how they get there so fast. So it must be it's close to Avar Yard. Then it was right on the other side. And the Bach takes out the next few words. Skip a line. Dichsiv. How do we know it was Samachle Yard? Because the Bach says, Vehaya be Avraham is Which Rashi explains sounds like the same day. As soon as you cross the Yard, then you'll be by Hargrizim Arevo. So it sounds like they were right there. And as Taisa's brought from the Yerushami before, he's masking that it's not actually Hargrizim Arevo, but he holds that they did of temporary Hargrizim Arevo. They made two mounds, whatever the case was, of Hargrizim Arevo. Either way, Rabbi Lazar continues darshaning them. So, Kim, as we saw before, Rabbi Yehuda understood Mivoy Hashemesh as sunset. And it was far, sorry, sunrise. That's where Rabbi Yudha said. So it's far from sunrise. Sunrise in the east. So meaning it was west. But Rabbi Lazar is understanding this. doesn't mean sunrise, but it means sunset. Where the sun sets. So if it's it's far from the sunset. That means it's far from the west. Sun sets in the west. So sunrise in the east, sets in the west. And therefore it's far from the west. So Rabbi Lazar held it was more east, right next to the Yardin. There was no there was no nace. Because if there was a nace, some if Hashem explained, we would know about such an ace. And therefore he held that it was right there across from the yard and close to the yard in Be'eretz Kanani. 
The Gemara just explained it wasn't actually Eretz HaKenani, but rather it was Eretz Chivihi. It was Eretz Chivi, and we know that that was the place where the Chivim were. Why does it call it Kenani? We find sometimes that all the Zion Umois of Eretz Yisrael are Mechuna B'Shem Kenanim sometimes, even if they're not Kenanim. Even if they're Chivim, sometimes they're called the Kenanim. Hayoshim Ba'arava, Ba'alei Ben-Haram Ha'gavayi, I don't understand. Why does the Pasuk say Hayoshim Ba'arava, that they're in like a, a plain, like flatlands? They were by Haram Ha'gavayi, the area over there is very mountainous mountains with valleys. Also, the Gemara continues asking, Molha Gilgal, what the Pasuk tells me, it's by Gilgal? That's not near Gilgal at all. So what's going on? Sir Belezer ben Yaakov, Oimer Belezer ben Yaakov answers for Rebbe Lazar. Really, the Pasuk was coming, not coming to tell you physical places. You have to darsh in this Pasuk. And this Pasuk is coming to teach them what to do and where to go when they enter its Yisrael. Bishniya, over here means when they enter its Yisrael. The same way it did Barishayna. What's Barishayna? That was when they were in the Midbar. When they were in the Midbar, they had it was showing them the way, but they don't have that anymore. When they came into Eretz Yisrael, the special Pasuk came in to tell you what to do, because you know, you're not going to have an Anani Kavit anymore to, to, to show you the way. And therefore, the, this is what the Pasuk was saying. So how do we understand this Pasuk? What was this Pasuk saying exactly? So there's a deeper understanding. Derech, what do I learn from there? Derech, Derech teaches me, Bederech Lechu. The Pazuk is saying, go on the Derech. But don't go through fields and vineyards. Hayoshev. The Pazuk says, Hayoshev Barova. What's that telling me? Bayishev Lechu. Go through the Yishuv, a populated place. Vileba Midbaras. Don't go through the deserts. Barova. What's Barova? Barova Lechu. Go on the flatlands. Vileba Haram Also, don't go on the Haram So that's how Rebbe is going to answer, going to understand the Pazuk. This is how Rebbe Lezim and Yaakov explains for Rebbe Lezim. Rebbe on that Lechaira. And that's why he doesn't have an issue with these technical problems if you're going to understand this Pazuk very literally about where it was based.